We are doing something a little different on the podcast this week, and we will be making this a regular feature to come. By now, you've heard me talk a lot about the Light Beamers community and some of the amazing women who are in there working on their story, utilizing the story prompts and resources that we have for them, and then stepping out more boldly to share their story with others. So today, I'm adding something to the podcast called a Community Spotlight where certain episodes will be dedicated to feature a woman from our community and give her the opportunity to share her story with all of you. It brings me a lot of joy to share my platform with the women who I serve, the women who I'm in the trenches with helping them dig out their story, refine their story, rebuild their story, heal their story, and just ultimately use their story in a really positive and powerful way. So I can't think of a better way to use this podcast than to take some time every now and then to feature some of these amazing women who are doing just that, working to heal their story, make sense of their story, and share their story with confidence and ease. So today, we are kicking off this special edition of the Inside Story podcast with our Community Spotlight episode featuring Rhea Cabero. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Welcome to the show, Rhea Cabero. I'm so excited to have you uh, have you in this special place today and get the opportunity to introduce you to the rest of the Inside Listener podcast, Inside Story podcast listeners. For those of you who uh, may not have been inside of our Light Beamers community, Rhea is one of our community members, and I've been watching her share her story and learn to express her story through a variety of ways. So it's just a joy to get to share this stage with you today and just dive a little bit deeper into what you've been up to. Thank you so much, April, for having me. This is such a wonderful opportunity, and I'm really blessed and just so encouraged by everything that you do with Inside the Story, but also with Light Beamers. I have grown so much from hearing you and also the others in that community and learning how to share my story. So thank you. I was trying to remember, I really don't like I, I that the only way I know you is because of the Light Beamers community, right? And I don't even remember how you found the Light Beamers community or how you landed in there. Do you remember? I do actually. It was it was October, I think it's around that in September I had just launched my blog Recreation Ministries. And I knew that I said I was going to go for it. I want to tell my story around mental health and my mental health journey, because that's something for two decades that I've been holding on to. But I'm like, how do I do it? 
And I was just scrolling, you know, through Facebook. And it was actually through one of your ads. You had the story arc formula. And so I downloaded it, tried practicing my story. And then I realized you had a community. And from there, you had the Wednesday, Wednesday Lives where I was like, okay, this is a chance to practice. And, but I think I was still kind of hiding and watching until about February when you did that story challenge. And I was like, okay, I have to go for it. This is, I, I can't keep watching if I want to push myself. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's always fun to feel, you know, hear how, how it all unfolds and how people get into the community. Um, and yes, I do. I do remember the story challenge that we did and you really showing up a lot in that, you know, at that time. And so this is really where it takes off because, you know, you did, you came in and you started sharing your story. You started using our prompts. You started, you know, taking advantages of the free challenges that we offer and there and just, and just really expressing and exploring more of your story. And as you said, with your blog and your ministry, you have a desire to speak about mental health because of your own journey. So I'd love to take a minute for you to share a little bit of that story with all of the listeners, because my gosh, this is, you know, it's become such a big topic, especially after this past year, because the mental health crisis, I think, is now like an overload because of just the restrictions and the anxiety and all that everyone has endured through this pandemic. So can you share a little bit about when you realized mental health was such a big piece of your story and kind of where that came from? Um, it definitely was a journey. I So I guess a little background, I was born in the Philippines and moved to the U.S. when I was about eight years old. Um, and my parents, my dad is a pastor of a church. And all of this comes to play is because I think part of where some of my anxieties came from is like a pressure of image. Like in, within our culture, there's this kind of pressure to uphold a certain image. And within even the church, there was that pressure of, as a pastor's kid to, to behave a certain way, to act a certain way. Um, but I think that pressure really started hitting me around middle school. And, and, and I realized that I was trying to find my identity within our, my Filipino culture, within the church. But then at the same time, like, okay, how do I be more American? I'm trying to find my identity within my peers. And and in where I grew up in Michigan, there wasn't a lot of Asians. There wasn't a lot of Filipinos. And so I was just trying to balance all those different aspects of my world at that moment. And I think I was just feeling the pressure. I was starting to experience these symptoms of anxiety and depression. But the thing is, at that time, I don't think I realized that that's what it was. Again, it was more, I knew something was off, but I didn't know because no one around me talked about mental health, mental illness, depression, anxiety. But then as I got older and I started to hear more, it came with a stigma that like, oh, if you're depressed, that means you're not praying enough. You're not spiritual enough. You must not be a good Christian. And then, so then I started carrying a lot of shame, a lot of guilt on top of anxiety and depression. And I just felt that I had to hide it. And so it was a really long, long journey of slowly opening up and, and real. And I think little bits here and there, maybe like in university where I realized, okay, religion, what, my faith was it's not about just religious do's and don'ts it became more of like a relationship I saw that okay my faith can actually help me walk through this journey and then 
even more, um, it was years later when a friend of mine, you know, just opened up to me about her own journey. And I was like, oh, that happens and that's okay. You know, and she was so vulnerable and she was so honest that she gave me the boldness to share my story that I was able to just open up with her. And, and that really, I think, began, began the healing journey. And when I saw her respond with compassion and love and really just listen and not judge me and not make me feel bad, that I knew, okay, there's something there. You know, healing happens when we open up our, and share our stories, you know, and that, that we're not, it's not a weakness, you know, and that God isn't mad at us for feeling this way. In fact, there's all kinds of stories in the Bible of people who've experienced what we're feeling. And so just, and we have the tools, like, you know, there are tools to help us only if we would reach out and open up about it because no one knows. And I was, even after I started telling some of my friends, they're like, I didn't realize it because I knew how to put on the happy face. I was an expert at wearing different masks to be who I thought others wanted me to be. So good. So good. And so what did you, what did you experience in, you know, even in those early days of just after that friend, you know, opened up to you and then you felt compelled to open up to her and you had that exchange and then you're like, okay, I, I can go do a little bit of this. Is that really when you decided at some point after that to, to do the blog and to, to, when did you start to make the connection, I think is my question, is around this faith and mental health and mental illness to talk about those together? Because that's really what your blog is about. It's true. It is. And and again, that in itself was a journey. So I was living overseas after college. Um, and that's when I had that conversation. It was my teammate. And so about mental health. But then when I went back home to the United States, like, it was so easy to get sucked back to the old ways, especially when my friend and I were like living on different continents and she was the only one who knew my story. I, and I went to grad school, which well, to seminary, which was then again, like I started adding pressure to myself about keeping up with a certain image of like, oh, I have to be this good Christian. I have to be this good missionary that I couldn't let people in. So I was starting to put walls or masks up again. Um, it really took heartbreak and just kind of, going being at the end of my rope like really just um just when I was having a conversation I would call my that friend of mine but she was living in the east coast where she was like you need to talk to someone closer because you're in danger of hurting yourself and really doing something worse and so I did I, I was like okay I knew I had to talk to and I started reaching out to a friend but it was still kind of, again, that shame and that stigma and that guilt kept me from really telling her what's going on. I would just be like, you know, uh, I feel sad at sometimes. Like I wouldn't really open up, but it was then, and I went back, it's 2012. So I'd been home for two years. And then I went back to Africa again for just like a two week trip to um, do some training. And I was out in my village just in the inside the hut, sleeping on one of my last days. And I had the most vivid dream like I just in that dream I was running from someone or something inside this building and I finally get to this door and it's a friend of mine that was there in the states with me and she hands me this package and I and so I open it and I see this big bright red book and it looks like printed on the book was said be ashamed but in between the words was someone hand wrote the word not. So it said, be not ashamed. And I just, 
bald like I just knew like that God was speaking to me I think I woke up sobbing you know and I just knew I'm like I really need to talk to someone about this so when I went back home to, back here to California I reached out to that friend I saw in my dream and I just told her everything and from there she kind of just helped me not not feel guilty about my struggle she helped me seek professional help and get me started on that and then just that slowly allowed me to share a little bit with just the more people around me. Um, but it wasn't until I became a mom. <laughs> so that's still a few years later. I, my daughter was born in 2016, where like I had more time to, to myself to think. And part one of just the things that I do for myself was journaling and art therapy. And, um, and even prior to being a, a mom, I had worked with youth in middle school and in like in mental health facilities or special education. So I was always incorporating some type of art journaling or writing or drawing. And so I was just doing that for myself. Like I was just writing down my thoughts, exploring. And then I just felt the nudge kind of a little bit from talking and hearing other people's stories that like, I'm not the only one who goes through this. I need to get this story out so that other people know that it's okay to not be okay. And that was kind of the slow process of starting the blog or at least thinking about it. That was my first daughter, my, but I didn't get the blog out until after my second daughter turned one. So that's still like 2017, 18. Yeah, so it was a long process. I think I had to go through my own healing first before I could really get my story out there. And honestly, I'm still part in, you know, going through some of that healing journey. Um, and then I had to also just, just do it. I think get out of my own way, stop being scared. I think my first blog post was about that. Like what happens when we let fear dictate our lives and what is fear keeping us from? And so I had to, yeah, <laughs> it took a while, but I finally got there. I think the journey though, I mean, it's good to hear that though, because I know so many other people may be in that moment still, like I haven't quite, you know, just let fear, shove fear away to step out and share the story or seek help, right? Like that's another really important piece of it was that, you know, just the small pieces you would even eke out to your friends, you know, they were able to show you compassion to the point where then eventually, you know, you actually did get the help that you really did need, which is what we want by sharing the stories. You know, we want to show people that there is a way that doesn't have to be a stigma around mental health. I think we're, we've evolved a lot, you know, over the years around mental health. We're talking about it so much more openly now. It, thanks to people like you, right? Like really thanks to people like you who are using their own story, which is just the, the power of it. And um, you mentioned a lot in there about some of the tools that have helped you, the art journaling, the writing and things like that. And I, that's one of the pieces that I, I love about you is how creative you are. And you've, you've shared a lot of that with us inside of Light Beamers and on your public social media pages, I've seen you do some amazing spoken word poetry, um, in addition to your art journaling and things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because when did you start use, you know, kind of pouring out your hurt and your pain and the words that you really wanted to say into the world into spoken word poetry? Can you talk a little bit about that? Honestly, I can't remember. 
a time because I feel like I was always doing it, um, both doodling and, and writing. Well, I guess I wouldn't call it spoken word at the time, but I did like poetry and I would just write down little notes in my journal or notebooks, you know, and like language arts, just the grammar stuff, like wasn't my best subject at all. But like when I got to be creative, like the creative writing part um, and not have to worry about grammar, like I felt free, I would just write um, so it's definitely since I moved to the States, but it could have been anywhere. I think around middle school is when I was remembering some of those notebooks. Um, but it was always something that I would write, but just for me. And then if I were to share something, like I think I'd written a couple pieces like for church or something, it was kind of, I didn't go too deep into my own, own personal like struggle, like I said, but the, I think where it got deeper is in that time when I was overseas and in that time where, again, I started opening up and admitting to myself that I was struggling with this mental health, that I realized how, you know, and I had a lot more quiet time where there's times where there wasn't a whole lot of people I could talk to and I was on my own. And so just, yeah, it was just a great escape and a great way to process what was going on with me and just kind of put it down and try to remember. And other things too, why it's just that I, I would also listen to different like spoken word piece. And I knew that they would, that resonated with me. And I would always try to write, I thought I would try to write music, but the musical part didn't happen. So it would just turn into spoken word. But yeah, it was just a great escape for me. Um, I hadn't, it was only since I started the blog, since after meeting Light Beamers, that I decided that I need to share it out loud <laughs> with some people. So, yeah. Well, you have shared some amazing pieces, and I, every time I see one of you know one of your pieces that you share on Instagram or you've shared with us inside Light Beamers, it's it's beautiful how you've used your own inner work of like this is how I process, this is what's helped me you know, just kind of doodling and playing around with these words and playing with poetry. But through that, you're getting to voice something that's inside of you. And so a lot of a lot of what I've seen you do is, is use your voice and your spoken word poetry, your art to actually say something, you know, to speak out against injustices that you see in the world and injustices that you have experienced. So, you know, that's the power that I love. It's the power of storytelling that I love so much is that it does allow us to say something, you know, it allows us to make a stand and it allows us to kind of stake our, 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 put our stake in the ground out in the world that says, this is who I am and this is what I'm about. And so I know from working with so many women on their story and, and doing it myself, that it takes a lot of courage to not only, number one, tell your story, but then to also tell it in a way that does make a statement. So when did when did that, not when, because you stated when, but what did that feel like to actually be using that story in a way that you now are making a statement against out against injustices in the world that definitely are important to you? What does that feel like? I love it. I mean, it's scary at first. Or like we're in the moment. I'm I'm a very passionate person. So when I'm working on it, I feel it and I love it. And then when I, the moment I put it out there, there's a little bit of fear. Where like, how is this going to be received? 
But I think what I love about it being in a creative format is that like creativity can be, you know, it's up to you. Maybe you're not into spoken word poetry, but, or maybe you are. And that because of that, you're going to, you're willing to listen to an uncomfortable topic versus like, if I just showed up and said, Hey, let's talk about human trafficking, or let's talk about racism. You might not want to sit through that someone, you know, if that's an uncomfortable topic for you, but if it's presented in a, this creative poetry or art, then it might be easier to see and accept and, and, and kind of like, Oh, that resonates with me. You know, a lot, it kind of opens more doors. And I think that's why I love it. And, and then I kind of like, to me, it's sort of like a weird box where like, I feel safe in that art word, art world. Like if I, if you told me today, like I should just share one of my spoken word, I think I would be more comfortable than like me talking to you right now about my story and the process of like, oh, oh we could just do the whole podcast as a spoken word. I love it. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. It's your comfort zone because it's how you communicate. It's how, yeah, it's how you're processing. Sure. Exactly. And then I, one thing I love about it is that right, especially with my two girls, as I'm working on these spoken word and I'm practicing it, I, I'll I'll record myself and just play it out loud or I'll just be saying it out loud that my daughters are hearing it. And so like the, the last one that I did, you know, if you don't see color and I could just say that line and my daughter is going to repeat like the next line, you don't see me. And then we can have a conversation about what that means. You know, what is, you know, why I wrote it that way. And so I love that even my little girls are starting to get introduced to these hard topics, but through this creative way. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I agree. I think that you're absolutely right. Like by packaging the hard conversations in a format that's creative and, you know, around this topic of art, because a lot of people, you know, I, I don't do spoken words, so I admire it. I you know, I'm always in admiration of others that are able to put that spoke that poetry together in a spoken word format. I've always loved poetry and I've, I've written a lot of poetry myself. That's been a way that I've also processed feelings is through poems. But again, I've always done that just for my own journaling sake, you know, but then to really take that like you have and put it into this art form, it does make it easier for people to absorb and actually listen and then hopefully hear the message that you really want to say. So I share that because I'm like, it's been really, really impressive to watch you like, okay, coming into the light beamers community. Okay. I'm going to start figuring out how to share my story. And then you start coming out with these bigger things, you know, beyond your story. That's, you know, really using your voice in a powerful way. Like you said, speaking out against racism, you know, sex trafficking, and a multitude of things that you've talked about on your spoken word is just this, it's a really powerful and useful way to share your message. So I, I love that you do that. Another thing that you do is art therapy and you do a lot around, you know, teaching that and really using it yourself. How did, how did art and poetry and all those things, how was that part of your healing journey? Like, how, how did it play a role? Art was just something I always turned to. Like I said, even as a kid, maybe in class, I would be doodling and it just helped me process stuff. And then I think it really started playing a role. Like it shifted to like the therapeutic part where I realized I could do this for someone else was uh, when I started working with kids, with especially in middle school and it like started in the after school program and then transitioned into uh, behavioral coaching and special education. 
and it was the easiest way that I found to connect with my students or to my clients. Like, you know, who like, who's this person coming in? But I realized that I could just either, I could be drawing something or do something with them or teaching them a skill. And it was a way for them to open up and to talk. And that's when I saw, okay, there's more than just sketching or doodling or you know, like, I think for me, it was relaxing. And then same thing, if I didn't have the words to process what was going on, I could try to draw a picture of it. But when I knew that it could be more is when I saw it working with the students that and the, and the kids and the clients that I was working with, where I see them coming to life, whether it was through, sometimes we did poetry, sometimes it was some type of like mandala or art sketching, or even just doodles, but it was a way for them to release and to express what was on their hearts that they couldn't really say in words. I love that too, because it's a way for people to sort of relieve that tension and pressure, you know, in addition to some other modalities that you may be seeking. And and maybe even if that's medicine, you know, to, to help people with mental health issues, but that incorporating these tools is such a powerful piece of it. And, um, and that it's, that it's a way that can also tap into their different side of their brain, you know, like art is very like right brained and some people who are very linear and left brain and, you know, it just is a piece. It's a, it's something that allows them to just explore and try, you know, which I love that too. Yeah. It's just allowing them to be free. And especially what I love when I do art with people is like, you don't have to consider yourself an artist. I don't think I really considered myself an artist, you know, not in the technical terms, but you could still create art and you could still create these beautiful expressions of yourself. Like, you know, that's who you are or at least what you're going through in the moment. And so on your blog, you know, talking a lot about faith, it kind of the intersection of faith and, and mental health. Now that you've kind of put yourself, not kind of, but put yourself out there and you've done the work on your, on your own healing journey You've looked at your story with an objective lens to be able to use your story in a powerful way now. What is the message that you really share with people about that intersection of faith and mental health? How important are that the two of those go together? I think first is the kind of where I came from was that I had that stigma, like that had to be two separate things that like, if you are going to be spiritual, if you're going to be a, this good Christian, you shouldn't suffer with something like depression or anxiety, but that's a lie. And so that's p- the first part of just helping understand and helping break that stigma that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out for help, to need help. And because of that, there's you know, research and and other organizations, whether they consider themselves like a faith-based organization who will incorporate faith components in their their process because they see how helpful that is on people's healing journeys. And I've seen that for myself where I realized having my faith in God helped me to see that I am not alone, that even in my lowest, even if I thought people were you know, not going to accept me, I still felt that peace and that calm from God to help lift me up, you know, when I, when I was in that pit of depression, you know, so that's like that first part. And then to me, I, I learned just, there's, like I said, there's tons of stories in the Bible that, you know, the Bible is written by people and for people who experience what we are going through. You know, and so it's just to say, hey, there's nothing you're going through that someone already hasn't experienced or someone already hasn't talked about. So you're not alone. You don't have to be ashamed. And there is 
a healing journey that happens. There is healing to, you know, there's hope. And so I, I, for me, I was able to turn to those stories and see like, Hey, it's okay. Hey, I have hope, you know, and now I want to share that with others. I'm so like passionate and saying faith shouldn't be opposite. Faith is what helped me on my journey. And I think it can help you on yours as well. Yeah. I think that that is a beautiful uh, representation of your own story too, you know, and the fact that you did, you grew up a preacher's kid and, you know, your parents were missionaries and even came to the States to begin with, to start this church. What does your own family say today about your journey and how you put yourself out there doing this work with other people and sharing your message? Um, that's tough. Okay, because I think that's the hardest part of me sharing my story is with my family. I know that they, and right now to my immediate family, they still live in Michigan and I'm out in California. So there's that distance. So we don't, we're not very good at opening up and talking about the emotional side, even though like we feel we're close, but I know that they've been supportive of my blog. I know that they've read it. I know that, that if I talk to my mom about, or like, oh, I'm going to come visit or something. They, I'm one of the first persons that they'll call, like, hey, can you talk to so-and-so about mental health? Can you do, you know, like, I know they're, so they're supportive in that way. But one of the cool things, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but um, is after I, that very first post where I really shared my story, that I really, you know, how I struggled with depression, my sister, I didn't know, you know, and she, she was a stay-at-home mom. She has four kids. She's my older sister. And her and I talked after that and I realized that she struggled with it too. And I didn't know, like she struggled with it. I think more um, after became she, uh, she became a mom, like maybe postpartum, you know, and that, I just love that it opened the door for us to talk about that and to kind of go deeper. Like I said, we talk a lot and we think we're close, but there's still things that even we keep from our own families, whether it's because of shame, fear or whatever, but this has allowed kind of that opportunity then to start, you know, asking questions or start giving people the, uh, the courage and the open door to open up and share their own story. Yeah, that's really beautiful because that's what it does, right? Like it is, um, I say this all the time, like it, it, the stories are the conversation starters, you know, and it's kind of like you packaging your story up into a spoken word piece or an art therapy piece. It's still a conversation starter. Uh, it's like you're, the way you share things on social media, those are conversation starters, but there's nothing more powerful than when those conversations lead to the deepening of a relationship, especially relationships that have been in your life, your whole life, <laughs> like your family. And the family is the toughest code to crack. I mean, you're not alone on that one. Like, I think we all are kind of walking around feeling that um, in some regard, you know, because we want our family's love and affection more than anything anyone else's on the planet. Um, and some people get that readily and with ease and others don't, you know, and um, it's the thing that we really all want the most. But at the end of the day, what we really want is to know that we belong, right? We want to know that, that our stories matter and that there is a place for us in this world. And I really am of the belief system that the more we share our stories, we will find where we fit. We will find those conversations that will allow other things to make sense. You know, like your sister 
in you bonding over the fact that, oh my goodness, I have felt this way for a long time too. And now you'll have that deepened relationship by way of just sharing the story. It's so beautiful. What would you say to someone out there? Two things. What would you say to someone out there who's struggling in their faith and or in their mental health well-being right now? What is one thing you want to say to that person that may be listening? I think first is that you're not alone, you know, and, and I think don't allow guilt or shame to keep you from opening up about that struggle. There is help and there is hope. Um, you know, there are people who want to walk alongside this journey with you. And so just encourage you to not give up, even if where you're at feels like the healing or the end is nowhere in sight. This new beginning is nowhere in sight. You will get there. There is hope for new beginning. And so just keep, keep going, you know, don't give up because there is hope for you. And then what would you say to the person who is thinking that their story doesn't matter or their story is too difficult to share or that they're just scared to share it? They're scared to like open up and be brave to share that story. What would you say to that person? Your story matters. And I'm looking at the um, the sign that I got from you uh, one time is that I want every girl to know that her voice can change the world. And I truly, truly believe that. And that's what I want to tell to that person, that your voice will make a difference. Even if you think it's a story you've heard before, no one has heard your story in the way that you've lived it and experienced it. And so it matters and it will make a difference. And there's both healing for you in, in telling your own story, you know, the continued healing, but as well, now you're giving others an opportunity to experience that healing that you experienced because you've shared your story and your journey. And I think it is so powerful. So please do not be scared. Be brave. You can do it. You know, if I'm doing it, if I'm able to do it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here thinking too about your own girls, you know, that your own girls are watching you and listening to you. Like you said, walking around the house, doing your spoken word and practicing and playing back the, the, the recordings. They're hearing you and watching you share your story, do you realize what um, immense change you are affecting in them compared to how you grew up? It's massive. Yeah. And I I think that's what really propelled me. Like I said, it was after I had my girls, you know, that I started realizing I need to go out and share this with with others because I didn't want my girls to feel like they had to hide for two years or 20 years, I don't know, two decades. Yeah, it was a long time, you know? So I want my girls to feel like if they're going through something, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's easy, that they can talk to someone about it, you know, that there's no shame in that. And so I want to teach them that they have power in their voice and they have power in their stories, you know, that it's, we all need to hear it, you know? So Yeah, that's why I'm so excited. I think they're my motivation for doing this. I love it. Okay, so what's next for you? You're still writing on the blog, Recreation Ministries, which of course we're going to link up. Um, Anything special you want to share with the audience that you're working on next or that you're dreaming up, that you have a vision of creating? Yes, multiple visions. I'm definitely a dreamer. Um, And so now I'm in the process of getting these dreams into reality. But um, 
the most recent thing right now, like you mentioned, I do a lot of the art and art therapy. So I want to create an art journal and that's in the creating process. My aim is that'll be out in the fall, but it's something that either individuals or groups can use with guided prompts that can help them process and begin their own art therapy. Um, and then kind of more on the longer term is creating these programs that I could take to to churches or uh, nonprofit organizations that's willing and that wants to learn more about how to bridge that faith and mental health and how those two can go together. And so just providing workshops I do um, right now, I do have uh, those new, uh, new hope trauma healing programs that I do, um, but I want to create more um, just training programs for the leadership teams um, within these organizations so that they know how to influence their community and become a place where people can come to them and talk about faith and mental health. I love it. So, so, so good, Rhea. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing sharing your story today and just, um, you know, just continuing to be a light in our community, uh, of being an active, engaged member of our community and for sharing what you do and sharing your story and sharing your spoken word and sharing your art with all of us. It's a joy to get to know you. Thank you so much. What a This was an amazing opportunity. And again, thank you, April, for all that you do and the way that you encourage us Light Beamers to, to share our stories, to find our voice and uh, just create change in the world. You are being, you're the true light. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we're doing it together. We're doing it together. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Okay, everybody, we're going to link up Rhea's um, information. If you want to check out some of her spoken word poetry, I encourage you to do that. We may find a few on your Instagram and link them up, but also check out her blog and her ministry that she runs, really bridging the gap between faith and mental illness. Um, it's such an important topic. And if this was an episode that you adored and got value out of, please share it out with your friends. This is an important topic and others really will benefit from hearing Rhea's story. So that's what we have for you this week on the Inside Story podcast, one of our very own from the Light Beamers community, one of my favorites. And we will be back here next week with another episode. We'll see you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. 
As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.